everyone, you are watching Behind the Pen. I am your host, Karina Gantas. Today I have uh, Michael Scott Grant with me. Hello, Michael, how are you? Great to be with you. Whereabouts are you in this big old world? I'm currently in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Oh, I will go to the US sometime. As you can tell from my accent, I'm actually from the UK. Awesome. <laughs> but I live in Greece, so... <laughs> So we're actually, the connection's quite good today, so Greece and uh, the US. Awesome. So many beautiful people from, from Greece, like super hot, like dentist office. <laughs> <laughs> so normally I start from the beginning. So, um, you know, what were you like as a child, blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to go straight away and ask you about that poster because that looks so awesome. Is this advertising one of your books? Yeah, this is the um, the, the uh, mock-up for the book. It's called Mulholland Men. And it's about a magician who kidnaps a police officer and uses him to close cold cases. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, he actually turns the tables on the police. He even starts dating the police officer's wife. <laughs> That's what you've got him oh. looking like a puppet because he's treating the policeman like a puppet. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the, the slogan on the book is, uh, what's the worst thing about kidnapping a cop? Having to live with him. <laughs> so has he got him under some sort of hypnosis? Is that how he's using him? Yeah, so basically he pretends to be a psychic and he's getting information from the police officer and the back and forth between them is great. You know, like he'll say... Um, you know, oh, I get it. You're trying to turn the tables on me. Shit food, shit water, shit air, shit company. And he's like, I'm killing you as soon as you turn your back. And the guy says to the cop, you think you got a tough job. <laughs> so, I mean, what were you like? Yeah, page one, we're interrogating the police officer right away. There's no big, you know, 25-page wait for this. Page one, he's in Straight the cell. in there. Straight yeah, in there. Yeah. You got to, you got to, you right. got to grab that reader. Um, exactly. Um, what were you like uh, at school? I mean, were you into creative writing, poetry, singing, drama, uh, music? I'm pretty creative, yeah. Um, you know, my life has been about taking as many adventures as I could. You know, I used to run around with the Grateful Dead tours for, for many years. Oh, wow stand-up comedy for many years and you know uh, I've even had a lot of work in the cannabis industry trying to you know get get that across to, to people that what a life-saving benefit it is I mean here I am 53 no prescriptions I got all my hair I'm in great shape and you know I attribute it to the, the cannabis lifestyle you know I don't, I, I'm in good shape so um, all of these great experiences and, and I'm wild I'm a wild child you know I, I like to go out I and did that and you know concerts so these writings are all the experiences um combined to give the reader a little slice of life like a little piece of what my life was like and i know it's different and it's exciting and it's um you know so much of this book is is about me and my friends a lot of people ask is it about people you know yeah absolutely a lot of great women in my life that have molded me into the semi-human being i am today <laughs> um we always 
especially with our debut novel, we always put a bit of ourselves into our books. But it sounds like you've put a lot of your experiences into it. Is this your debut novel? Yes, Michael? Yeah, uh, I'm traditionally a screenwriter. And so uh, this was a, a chance to see where I stand out there. It's a sink or swim for me. Right. Um, it's the most unique original subject matter. There's never, I'm not sure about in the, uh, in the uh, British uh, uh, homeland, but here there's never been an American literature with a kidnapped police officer. So it's an original story, completely unique, nothing like it out there at all. And I'm sure it's making law enforcement very nervous. <laughs> did, you, did you write a, a screenplay first before you did the novel? Are you going to do a screenplay now that the novel's out? Um, you know, since they're not buying a lot for me in the screenplay arena, I'm going to see how the book does. And then the, the, the agents, the managers, the studios, if there's something to it, they'll approach me. It's, but for right now, I want to sink or swim on my own talents. And from what I understand, it's a really good book because two editors I gave it to gave it back to me and said, we're not touching it. It's awesome. And I said, I really, I, please, I need to have this polished. It's my first outing. And so I finally found someone to do it. And he barely spent any time on it. So that was a real validating uh, compliment to me because I've been crafting for Especially for years. a debut novel. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and it's, it's worth it because I spent time with RNs, social workers, police officers. A lot of research. To make sure that everything is just right. All exactly. Was right. The treatment of the, the police officer's daughter, the, you know, the most the quietest victim, I call her. Um, you know, she's the littlest victim. And, and we had to know how she's acting out. So I work with a lot of people on that. Um, I'm giving proceeds from my sales of the book from my website, which I'll tell you in a second, to domestic uh, violence group called National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, giving it to a civic group called Black Lives Matter, and a nationwide overall umbrella organization called United Nations. Wow. That's amazing, Michael. Well, thank you for that. And uh, well done for uh, doing that, because uh, there's not many that would. Um, the idea. Uh, <laughs> It is unique. Where did it come from? Did it come from a dream? Did it come from a film? Did I mean, where did the initial idea come from? I think it came from the collective dream that police will start doing what we say since we pay them. <laughs> um, you know, always hurts. <laughs> you know, I didn't really write this book. You know who wrote this book? The character. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. These are the people that wrote this book. I'm being the voice for these voices that can't be heard anymore. Not that I'm trying to be the white savior. I'm trying to be a cheerleader for that movement. I'm trying to get recognition. This book weaves in and out of so many different things, including Black Lives Matter, including the MK Ultra CIA programs, which are basically the basis for this. This is mind control. People, to make it simple, this is what mind control is, your phone. So um, people that are interested in that kind of stuff. It's based on John Bonholland's manual he wrote for the CIA called the Official CIA Manual of Deception and Trickery. And within this novel, uh, this, this manual was the, the tricks, the sleight of hand to poison people, to make drops, to do all the clandestine spy activities. 
So when our magician brewer starts following this book to stay out of trouble, he winds up going down a path that he's not quite prepared for. And it's going to open a lot of um, uh, unwarranted and unwanted feelings he has about his past and his family's past. He's and, gone down um, a rabbit hole. Much in Act Three, because if I give away in act, anything in Act Three, it'll spoil the cliffhanger. And I can tell you, it's one of the best. Let me let me ask you about these cold cases that he's forcing him to open. Um, I'm gathering there to do with what you're um, giving your um, proceeds to these uh, charities. So you're, are these actual real cases that have never been solved or just made up from your imagination? These are, from, uh, these are basically driving the plot forward, yeah. uh, un unleashing the clues towards his, his, you know, this mystery that he didn't know really existed. So, I mean, what sort of these, what cases is he closing? I mean, we're talking about murders. Are we talking about ro bank robbery? What sort of thing is he yeah. making him? Sure, good question. So um, there's a, a rapist he goes after. There is a, a pedophile he goes after. There's a uh, African-American uh, murder, actually two murders. Um, and then other, other things that tie into those. Um, you know, when I was writing it, I, I was, I was trying to really concentrate mostly on the emotional impacts of all of these, uh, interactions, you know, in the characters and the events in, uh, society currently. So, um, you're going to notice this is a little different style. Um, you know, since I'm a screenwriter and a novelist, you're going to feel like this book is... You're reading a movie. That was going to be my next question. How difficult was it for you to separate your screenwriting to novel writing? Because they are totally different. I mean, you've got your emotions and your um, your thoughts written down in a book. But on screen, it's got to be played out. So how difficult was this for you? Right. So, uh, well, that's always the challenge, right? I mean, I've written other things besides the, uh, um, feature like screenplays. I've written sitcoms and, you know, I, I write jokes and bits and all kinds of things, PSAs, advertising. Um, so it's always a, a new thing. But I, this is why I spent so much time on it. Two years. I uh, started writing it at 18. And I really wanted to make sure that it was it was just my calling card to show the, the world, you know, this is my voice and you either like it or, you know, fuck me, I guess. Um but I have some great like examples of my unique style. For uh, instance, I wrote um, a scene where there's a safe called the Mulholland safe. And it's a, a, a safe opens, like a, the door opens, and inside on that door, there's a little mini safe attached to the door. Mm -hmm. And so when you close the door, the mini safe engages inside the outer safe. Well, how do you break in? The FBI can't figure it out, the CIA can't figure it out, Interpol can't figure it out, but they want what's in that safe. Brewer says, take it for a swim. They drop it in water. A water-soluble metal bar dissolves, and they hear, ka -ching, ka -ching, as the inner safe opens, bring the outer door to open. And he gets to walk on a charge. Because how, Yeah, I mean, how did you come up? I know you said you've done a lot of research, but how did you come up with that scene? How did you know that would happen if you had a safe like that? Did you actually play around with it? <laughs> it's just, uh, it's the cannabis. 
<laughs> it, it really does lead into that great ability to expand the mind, expand I'm your sure mind. It and it, it gives you such creativity. But I'm, a, I'm generally like, you know, I have a 159 IQ. I'm considered quite smart. And I have the kind of IQ that keeps rising, whereas they're supposed to be static. So there's something in this processes in my individual brain that's very unique to me. It allows me to react on the manifest content and latent levels simultaneously in conversations, which I try to do with you. And then if there was a second or third person, I wouldn't lose my place. Like, like you women mm -hmm. are so great at multitasking. I sort of have that skill as well. That's very tightly honed into the motivation. And that's probably from my upbringing in a legal family. Ah, hold on. Stop there. Stop there. Let's go back a minute. Legal family. So tell me more about your family. Right. So um, I'm adopted. I was uh, adopted by um, Marty Grant, who is uh, the M&M's family attorney in Warren. And um, there might not be an M&M if it wasn't for my dad. He did a lot of work for them to get to that next level for the, for the boy. Wow. And, uh, you know, I grew up in court. That's like my playground, you know? I mean, uh, I mean, I, I, if you read the book, you'll see that I've had my way with judges. I've had my way with police. It, it, it's, it's almost like I'm a Ferris Bueller, in, in which case I'm like, I'm not going down today because you're not fighting me here. You're fighting me here. And mm -hmm. you never win that war. Mm -hmm. And so I, I get away with a lot. But I also am cognizant of exploiting something that's that's invading my rights, which is what happened with that particular judge. Um, and I, I think I'm one of the only people in the country that's not in jail for what I did. And frankly, you know what? I'm glad he isn't either. It's um with with your with your family background and um the research you needed to do, I'm sure you had a lot of contacts in the police force you could go to, in the courts, and so it was easier for you to, to get that information to make sure you had it right on so no one could read your book and say, oh, no, it wouldn't happen like that. Oh, no, that's wrong. You've done so much research, but it's you've had those people on you, at your fingertips, basically. Yeah, or I reach out, um, you know, whatever it takes. The story has gone way beyond the writer. You know, I always would tell people when they were reviewing it, I'd say, don't worry about hurting the writer, you know, my feelings. Worry about hurting the writer's feelings. The writer needs to grow. I'm a big boy. I can handle that. But if you don't tell me what's wrong, I can't fix it and make it right. And then we just have a yes man book, which is shit. So there's enough yes man books out there. This book goes at the heart of law enforcement's problems. Listen, we don't have 20 more cities to burn down if these pricks walk on their felony charges against them for murders, for blatant murders on tape. We don't have 20 more cities to burn down. We're gonna to have to start going to other countries and burning your cities down too, because we're gonna run out of cities to burn down. And that's horrible. I understand what you're saying. I understand why you've you've written the book and why you've taken that subject matter. It sounds very you sound really passionate about that. Um, yeah, both sides get to you know, uh, like uh, here's a great line from the book. Brewer says, uh, "I can't lie to the FBI. That interview's guaranteed. The odds are stacked against me. 
because that's how it works. Both sides get to break the law to solve it, but only one side gets to declare victory. And the really crummy thing is like, if me or you goes missing, yeah, well, but if a cop goes missing, it's resources and manpower and hours of it and surveillance. And it's their world, not ours anymore. We just get the bills. Yeah. So uh, where is this book? I mean, when did it release or has it, has it actually been released now? It's on long... Amazon right now and okay. mulholland.com site. How, how long has it been out now? Uh, it just came out recently. I have a second book out too that I wrote in 2007 and it's called How to Have a Threesome or If You're a Loser, How to Get Just One. <laughs> so those are both available on both sites and... Uh, it's really funny. It's like the blueprints for the post-COVID celibacy. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, there's there's great lines in there that you can use and there's techniques. Like one of my funny lines is, um, you know, the lady's walking with the dog and you say, hey, is she friendly? And the lady says, oh, she doesn't bite. And I say, I was talking to the dog. <laughs> you are a baby comedian, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, I thought, you know. Uh, yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. My, my very first joke I remember was like fifth grade, and I said, you know, I'm Jewish, 20% off, you know. <laughs> so, oh, uh, you got me, you got me. <laughs> you, you've got to laugh, though, you, you do, especially with this situation we, we're in the, in the world now. We've got to um, um, look at life differently and, um, and, and in get as much enjoyment as we can out of it. Has, I mean, it's a new book and you've been writing it two years. Has the COVID affected your um, in, your creativity in any way? No, I just feel like I got something done in that time versus the majority of people that wasted it away. Mm. Got fatter, got drunker, got meaner. Great, good for you. Bravo, we're so fucking impressed. Rob fucking O, look at you. Swiping away to everyone else's accomplishments but yours. So impressed. See, I had to do something. I picked up a pen. Other people picked up weapons. Yeah. Up, and the story, you know, it's it's one for, for, for the future. It's really going to teach you how to think differently. Um, well, you're going to laugh. And it's filthy, too. Oh, I wrote it so dirty because... <laughs> You know, the love interest is such a great thing. This is a woman that's a battered woman. She's never had, she's never been in real love before. And all of a sudden she falls for this magician who's going to find her husband, right? Take care. The kid's going to be happy. Everything's going to go back to hunky-dory. You know, bam, bam, bam is still better than where is he, I guess, in her mind. But, you know, this is one of the issues in the book. He knows he's dating someone with this mentality that she's a fighter. She's always going to fight. She's half his age, too. So it's really interesting. Um you know, uh, uh, I wrote such funny lines for her. Like, um, she's like, oh, my God, I've mastered you know what it a hundred times today. And I'm trying to keep it like really, really like fun and likable and sexy. Like, because know, it's uh, it's a it's a serious issue and you're trying to to uh, make it come across not uh, not um, that it's not serious, but more more lighthearted. So it's right. uh People are, are able to um, understand where you're coming from, but uh, still get a laugh from the book. What are the um, themes that you going for in this book? 
themes. Yeah, I mean, you, you've talked about... Yeah, I, you know, I really have to think about this a lot. I think I've come up with my own type of theme. It's that you can't use evil to do good. That's his job. That's the cop's job. He's the one that does evil to do good. You ever seen a TV show where they don't break the law to get the guy? Why aren't you all turning in your badges and guns if you can't do that fucking job? This is why we give the badge and the gun to these types of people. Do the job. You don't need a union. We're the union. The union's us. You're not getting a union. The unions are getting in the way of everything. They're one of the big problems. We don't have that over here. We're lucky for that. Yeah, we it's, just can't put cops away if they won't let them. Um, it's been out a while. What is the what's the, the reaction been like for the book? Well, it, it hasn't gone viral or anything like that, but it's new. Um, it's a really exciting topic, and it's controversial as hell. It certainly so is controversial. Uh, That's what I'm wondering. That when it finally goes. Uh, to press and to the media um, and it starts getting the attention that you want it to get, which is the whole reason why you wrote this book. Um, it's so controversial. Could you get into trouble for it at all? I hope so. I'll wear it like a badge of honour. I admire you, Mike. I really do. Come at me. Come at me, bros. <laughs> I got the target right here. I grew up in court. I'm a loser for you. If you haven't realized that by now, cops, come at me again and let me embarrass you again and again and again, which is what I do. How are you getting this book out? I mean, I'm, I do marketing promotion for, for independent authors. So uh, something like this would have to go straight to um, a publicist and uh, then you're on podcasts, you're on radio shows, um, but get uh, higher up that ladder, get onto TV, um, get onto, uh, make sure the people that need to know about the book know about the book. Yeah, there's a few people I'd like to really know about it, including um, Bill Maher, Penn Jillette, um and uh oprah that'd be great <laughs> wouldn't that be good i could see you on oprah that would be amazing having you on that oprah's couch while she talks about your book i respect her so much because anyone that does something that goes against their brand i love oprah does why talk shows suck garth brooke does other songs besides country those are the people that step outside their money-making comfort zone and let us in. And that's what I'm trying to do too, is give a really honest glimpse at how the system works, how dirty it is, how well connected my dad was so that, you know, he's playing tennis with the judges. My dad was also a judicial candidate. He ran for a judgeship. Um, so he was connected. And so people would seek him out for that. And that, and that lends to higher rates. And that's where things get to it's not justice for all, it's justice for the rich and connected. And, of course it is. And it's you know, a, the little people that suffer. 
you know how easy it is for you to to get onto Oprah. Don't think of it as a dream. Don't think of it as the highest thing that you can reach. It is so easy to contact the show. They, anyone that's interested, they'll be able to find me. I'm not hard to find. I have a publicist. And um, in general, uh, you know, I'm on Facebook. It's, that's the number one. You know, Facebook is the telephone. So, uh, you know, anyone that wants to talk to me about my story, I'm happy to talk to them. I encourage everyone to read it first so they really know the nuances. You're going to be – the ending is going to blow you away. The last page is a cliffhanger from – from nowhere else ever seen. And it's going to be the basis for the second and third book. Ooh. But, um, it, 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 by Already the time plotted you read, out? Hold on, I want to tease you, ready? By yeah. the time you read the last page, you're going to realize that this wasn't about a magician and a cop at all. This was about something much deeper. Oh, I like that. I like that. Are you a plotter or a pantser, Michael? Sorry? Are you a plotter or a pantser? Plotter. Plotter. So you've got book two plotted out, ready to go? Yeah. Have you started work on it? Yes. We've set up a treatment for it, and we have multiple directions that it may go in. Wonderful. So you're saying, you said when we started the interview that it's a, a sink or swim, um, but... The first book's out. You're already plotting for the second book. You know there's going to be a third book. Um, you're swimming. <laughs> you're, you're right. We're right in those waves. You, you, you're not sinking. You won't sink. I, I, listen, I haven't been successful, like breakthrough successful, but I've been at this 20 years, so I'm ready for my overnight success. I have a lot of projects behind me. I have an ESPN sitcom I'm trying to pitch to them, which is the very first um, scripted show for them. To have like a sitcom on to broaden their audience. Awesome. Um, I also have um, some TV shows I'm trying to get developed, including a show called 2020 Love, where all you see are the person's eyes. Oh. And audience sees everything else about them: the wheelchair, the amputation, their acne, burns. Wow. Burns. Wow. And so with COVID, it became relevant because this is all we see. That How much money are women spending on mascara now? The eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> and so we love it by the way ladies the eyes are so gorgeous keep it up um and you know that's that's where we're, we want to we keep moving ahead in, in these directions you know positive truthful you know um look this is a controversial book there's going to be people that don't agree with this you know maybe some right-wing people maybe i think you're left. ready for them you're ready to fight you're ready you stand by that book and always stand by that book sure sure Everyone can can get something out of this, though they like. There's even something for QAnon in that there, this book is sort of about like a laser that's missing. And you have it under the genre of thriller, yep? Yeah? yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Okay, and where can everybody find this uh, very controversial book of yours? Uh, and Amazon for both books, and uh, at my website, mohallandmen.com. Is it going wide or are you staying with Amazon? Sorry? Is it going wide, like with iBooks and uh, Barnes & Noble, Google Play, or are you just oh. sticking with Amazon? Uh, for right now, Amazon only. I understand it's like 85% of the platform market. So that's more, unfortunately. Right 
Um, again, if it catches on, then people will find it and it's not hard to find. Um, it's just that, uh, like, the only thing is we're, we're, we can't keep our paper copies in stock. They're selling out. So it's, it's better to get the digital copy. Ebooks uh, are selling more than paperbacks. They always have done since they came out. But uh, uh, where can people find you on social media, Michael? Uh, I'm I'm 53 now, and I'm trying to kind of keep a limited social presence. I know I have to do marketing for this, so you'll see more and more. And I do have some people working on it. But Facebook is the easiest place to find me, um, and uh, uh, you know, th that's. And through the website, I have a, a contact. Wonderful. It's been an eye-opener. It's been uh, so interesting chatting with you and, and learning about your debut novel. And uh, I really do admire what you're doing. And I wish you all the best. And I hope that uh, you get the success that you deserve and that the people that uh, need help that you're helping uh, receive that and uh, so I shall do all I can to make sure people know about the book and make sure they know that uh, some of the profits are going to with these charities and for getting that message out for me I thank you and you get my triple kiss blah, 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 and everyone <laughs> is helping and now part of the team not that you have to do my marketing <laughs> I encourage you to share the concept with anybody. It's just, uh, it's no, I will cry and feel so good. You're going to feel so much smarter after you've read this book. It Wonderful. Really Wonderful. Oh, uh, thank you so much for coming on uh, Behind the Pen. It's been uh, wonderful meeting you, Michael, and I wish you all the best with your books. Thank you. Lovely to be with you, too. Thank you.